Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and the profound wisdom of our young. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am thrilled to have on the show Nick Widom, director of Banyan Retreat, a beautiful sanctuary nestled in the heart of Kent in the UK, where healing and other spiritual modalities take place. I had the amazing opportunity to visit Banyan to witness and participate in the amazing offers it has offerings it has. Nick grew up in a spiritual family. However, before he began his spiritual healer work, he was executive director and VP at Goldman Sachs. Nick now, now works full-time as a healer with his partner, Stephen Sue, directing and offering transformative programs at Banyan. The quick update to where Nick and Stephen live today. They are still in the UK. However, during the pandemic, unfortunately, the Banyan retreat closed. However, they are still offering these beautiful healings. Also, when you listen to the end of this interview, just um, I ask you to just be curious. The Christmas seances are are probably something new to all of us, and um, it's just it's just fascinating. So I just ask, as you always do, just to keep an open mind and enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to the program, Nick. Thank you, Marla. Thank you for inviting me. You it's are very, great to be. I'm so pleased uh, that you that you invited me. It's nice. Thank you. Absolutely. How's the weather in the UK right now? Oh, actually, today's quite pleasant. It's bright and sunny. Nice. Uh, it's, been, it's been a miserable week so far. It's been raining <laughs> and thunder and goodness knows what else. Uh, but yeah. the sun's been shining today. It's been beautiful. Nice, nice. That's good to hear. It's it's pretty nice here too. Um, so um, why don't you tell us how you began down this spiritual path? Okay. Um, I was born into a family of, of healers. My, my mother was a Reiki healer and my father was a, a trance healer. Um, they, neither of them practiced that full time. Uh, my mother was a, a, a teacher and uh, my my father uh, retired from the, from the merchant navy uh, a number of years ago and uh, worked locally. Um, so healing was kind of part time, but a, an important part uh, of life. And my mother would uh, would meet with friends and family and and offer healing wherever it was needed. And my father also sat in development circle to develop his trance and to develop his healing. Um, he was sitting in circle with uh, one, of the, one of the good family friends uh, who was uh, also a trans medium who would, who would lead that circle. Um, she would lead on this side of life and there was a, a Native American um, gentleman who led from the spiritual uh, side of life. Uh, I have many, many opportunities over the years to witness um, many different people from the circle giving healing in addition to to my parents wow. it was it was it was quite a it was, it was quite a, a an interesting thing and i it wasn't until i was probably about seven um probably around about seven years old that i actually 
began to pay much attention to it or actually question what they were doing. Um, and one day, my, my father suffered with um, bad uh, back issues. And one day, the, the, the circle leader came over to give, um, give my father some healing. And she, she was in trance. And she had a, 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 a Zulu gentleman who, who worked through her. And he was cupping his hands and blowing through his hands into my father's back. And I, and I remember you know, as a seven-year-old child thinking, wow, this is strange. <laughs> um, not, not, really, not really understanding what it was, but it kind of piqued my interest in, in, in what was taking place. Um, and from that, I guess from that point forward, that was when I, when I, be, when I became much more interested. Yeah. Um, I, I came from a quite a quite a religious family. The, the the rest of the family were very much involved in a different church, a different um, type of religion that was based on um, the teachings of Emanuel Swedenborg and also um, the Bible. Um, so I was with grandparents and, and with aunts and uncles who were who had quite senior positions within that church. Um, and my parents didn't push me in any particular direction. Obviously they had a keen interest in, in, in spiritualism and in mediumship. And I was kind of left to my own devices and I, I got very much involved in both. Um, I, I, I managed to um, find stuff of great interest in both. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were many, many similarities, of course, Swedenborg, um, was a was one of the finest mediums he saw and wrote wrote about his um, his experiences. So there was lots there was lots of overlap and it was it was hugely interesting. Right. Um, but I wasn't heavily involved in, in in either side really until I was about fifteen years old and I and I would speak regularly um, through trance to the 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 the, the, the leader. Of the, of the circle in the spirit world and he asked me one day he said so what would you like what would you like to do with your life what do you want to experience what do you want to um what would you like to be and I said I, I, I very much want to serve the spirit world um I kind of decided at that point in time that there was far more of interest for me in that direction um, than, than most others and he said to me that's nice he said but you need to go out you need to live your life you need to experience different things and there will come a time when it's right for you to become involved in this work interesting it was fascinating um, and I, I had, I, I, shortly after that, I moved to London and I started working and eventually moved to the city and worked, um, worked in the city um, and found my way over, well, to most parts of the world, actually, I worked in most parts of the world. Uh, but at that particular time, um, I was in Hong Kong and I had the choice, um, my my period in Hong Kong was coming to an end and I had the choice of going 
to Australia, to, uh, to the States, or back to the UK. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, so next time I came home, I sat down and I had a, a chat uh, in trance with the, with the circle leader again. And he said to me, it's time to come home and it's time to start doing your real work now. Wow. How old were you then? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like was more like 30 or more like... No, it was more. It was more like forty, maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe for yeah, forty. It would be, um, yeah, just yeah. just over just over forty, I would imagine. Interesting. So, how did that, as a child, and and I would like for you to explain when you say talking to someone in a trance in a circle, um, what that you know what that means for the listeners, because some of them aren't familiar with that, but how did that change kind of your life as a child or did it like interacting with other kids and yeah. It, it didn't really. Um, it wasn't something that I spoke about very much. Um, I had, um, I had lots of, I had lots of interests when I, when I was a child and I didn't have that many friends. I had a handful of very close friends um, who were very much aware of what my parents did, about the healing side of things. Um, but there wasn't wasn't really much need to to, to discuss it. It was mm-hmm. there. I was completely open about it, um, and it was just part, it was just a, a, a part of life, really. Did you see before we get to the trans part? Did um, do you remember? as a young child seeing anything that just kind of in, in terms of the healing part of it, that really was sort of mind blowing for you. I saw the results. I saw the change in my father after he'd received the healing sessions Yeah, and the, the remarkable change. Wow. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, what an amazing gift to be yeah. able to do that for people. Interesting. Um, I, I worked uh, as a volunteer at the local hospital and it was, that was mainly caring for the elderly people. And I just remember thinking how wonderful it would be to help those people in that way. And that was really my driver for wanting to work for the spirit world. Right, right. That's um, beautiful. So can um, you explain a little bit what a trans medium is? Yep, trans mediums. Um, everybody will be uh, aware of, of, of platform mediums who work with clairvoyance, clairaudience, and that's where they raise their vibration to blend with the spirit world and be able to communicate because the, the, the vibration is closer to the, um, to the spirit world. With trans mediumship, it's way, way, way down the other end of the spectrum, a very passive, a very calm state of mind where you clear your mind you clear your head and you allow the spirit world to stand next to you allow their energies to blend with yours to the point where they can actually take control Um, they can blend so much that they can suppress your thoughts they can suppress um, your control of your of your body and they can influence 
in such a way that they can speak through you, they can they can move uh, your limbs, they can walk, they can they can take complete control. Uh, but of course, you have to be um, of a certain frame of mind to allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah. And it takes it takes many years of practice to be able to invite the spirit world to be so close with you uh, that they that they can actually achieve that. Wow, that's there, there are lots of misconceptions about trans people. Some people um, believe that that the spirit that the, that the spirit entities actually and enter your body and they have complete control and that is totally untrue they stand by your side their energies blend with yours until you reach a point where they can take control mm -hmm. um, but you have to be um a hundred percent submissive and, pre and prepared for that to happen right. um, any any interruption will break that concentration and um you, the, 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 you will come back almost almost immediately. Right. And that's when the healing will take place many times is through through the transmediumship. That was that was very much the case with my father. My father would right. go into arms and they would be able to channel the healing. Because he was in that frame of mind, um, the, the the healing energy was could be channeled much stronger than ordinarily. Okay. Uh, but the majority of healers don't need to go into that state. They can clear their mind, they can connect with the universal healing energy, and they can ask for it to be delivered to whoever they're working with. Yeah. And they can also ask for it to be sent remotely to, to, to somebody as well. Right. And so I know your work, your energy healing work, because I'm actually taking a class from you. And can you talk a little bit about that sort of healing, the energy, the chakra, the, the chakra hands, work? The hands on the healing. Yeah. Yes. Most, most illnesses uh, or most conditions that, that we develop in the body um, start within the, the energy field, within the auric field. And people fortunate enough to have clairvoyant vision um, can, can sometimes see that. Um, a very good friend of mine uh, is, can see the, the auric field very clearly. And she'll, she, she, quite, if I haven't seen her for a little while, she'll say, mm, your colors are a little different today. There's something going on here. Or there's something wow. there. And she, she'll be able to, um, she'll be able to see exactly what's happening. And that's because whatever happens within the physical body is reflected in the, in the auric uh, emanation as well. And when we give healing, uh, when we channel healing to, to, to the individual, we're actually working on that auric emanation. We're reminding it of the vibration where it should be. And if we have a condition present, then that usually means that there's an interruption to the auric emanation in that particular area of the body. There may be a blockage, there may be a leakage, there may be something else going on. <clears throat> but um, we actually channel healing to that um, area that's in need of repair and remind it where it should be resonating. And over a period of time, the, the, the body or the auric field will remember that and it will come back to normal. Wow. Um, 
if it doesn't, then <clears throat> things things can progress and conditions will actually manifest yeah. uh, as a result of the, the damaged energy field over a prolonged period of time. Right. Can you give us an example? I know when I was there taking the class, you had some great slides of the man that had some heart heart disease and congestion. But So could you give us an, an example of that? And maybe an example when you've had a session, even if it was remotely with a child that you helped. Yeah, um, a few years ago, I had a, a young, uh, a young girl, uh, six years. Uh, she was six years old. She came. She was brought, uh, brought to see by uh, her parents. Her her father had recently taken her to one of the children's hospitals in 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 central London. Um, where she'd been diagnosed with um, a gencel tumour. And if you were to look at this young girl, um, she, you, you, she looked as though she was um, heavily pregnant with this with this. Oh, my gosh. Um, she, wasn't, she wasn't in a very good um, state of mind at all. Um, and the, the, the doctors had... Um, suggested that they give her um, some form of chemo, some some form of chemotherapy, radiotherapy, um, to reduce the tumor. To uh, and then they would then they would want to operate and remove it. Um, but her parents weren't keen on going down the uh, the, the the radiotherapy chemotherapy route. Um, that for a six-year-old child could have um, huge impact on 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 the rest of her life. Um, being exposed to such dangerous um, vibrations at such a young age, um, who knows what would what would have happened um, to her? So her parents were very keen to avoid that, and they brought her for a good few months, um, probably about three, possibly four months, um, for regular healing sessions, and towards the end. In conjunction with a change to her diet, um, I advised her parents to, to do as much as possible to, to push the diet to an alkaline diet. Um, and after about three or four months, they, they went back to the, to the hospital in central London and the, <clears throat> the doctors were there were, were quite impressed with the the progress and the results and they suggested that they brought her back the following week and they would um, operate to remove what was left of the tumor and then suggested uh, a further course of um, chemotherapy or radiotherapy as a precautionary measure so her parents decided that they, they would go ahead with the surgery they took her back um, but they refused any chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and within, I think within two months of that, she was back at school, um, bright as a button, uh, and enjoying life. Wow. So that's probably um, one of the greatest stories that I have that involves, that involves children. Yeah. And um, there, there was another young man uh, who was about nine years old, who lived fairly locally to us here. 
And he started to have lots of um, symptoms relating to, um, goodness, I've forgotten. Uh, it's gone, it's gone for a second. Uh, it was a very, it was a very um, debilitating disease mm. uh, or condition that he had. And it reached a point where he couldn't play football, couldn't, um, couldn't even go to school. He was going to school maybe one day a week um, because he just have, didn't have the strength or the energy to, to continue. And again, his mother brought him regularly for, for healing treatments here. And within two, within two or three months, he was able to go back to school full time. And a couple of months after that, he was back um, playing football, running around. Wow. Everything was, everything was, was, was back to normal for him. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was a reasonably short period of time. Yeah. And um, when you, and when you explain, could you explain a little bit about the actual healing? Because I want to say it's simple if you would sit and watch, but there's, so much, so much going on. And also, what if a person knows a child that, you know, like an example of one that you just you just gave, and they want to find a healer, a reputable, like someone like you, where do you suggest they go if they can't come to to Banyan retreat, especially, you know, in, in the United States? That's a that's a bit of a challenge for me um, because I'm not too familiar with the healing organizations um, in the United States. Right. But I would I would imagine that um, there's an organization that um, a good goodness what is it um, is it um, is it with the spiritualist church or is it something. No, it isn't. No, no, no. Well, you can think about it for a minute. But can you explain the healing? Yeah, I'll come back to you. Just the healing yeah. process. In, in in the UK, that that's that's very easy. That most organisations here in the UK come under uh, the umbrella of the British Alliance of Healing Associations, and you can go to their website and you can find you can find a healer. Right. Most most spiritualist churches offer uh, offer healing in some capacity. And most um, reputable mediums will do that also. Right. Um, but I'm also very much aware that there there are some mediums out there that charge huge huge sums of money for mm-hmm. healing. And it's very much my view that if you offer healing, no money should 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 um, should be exchanged in, in for healing. Right. But the actual the actual process of healing um, is very very simple. <clears throat> you have to clear your mind, um, get your mind as empty as you possibly can, and in a very relaxed frame of mind. And then you ask for the healing energy to be channeled through you. Um, that healing energy, that universal energy, is all around us, and you can. You, you become a channel for that healing energy, so the energy flows through you. Um, and as it 
goes to the person that you're working with, it will go to the place where it's needed the most. You don't necessarily need to ask for healing for a specific condition. It will always go to where it's needed the most. Mm-hmm. And you can also do that remotely. You can, you can ask for that healing to be sent to somebody who is actually not in front of you. Um, I have a little, I have a little way of, of, of doing that uh, where I picture that person um, in a pyramid and I picture the healing energy flowing to them. And in my mind, that healing energy is the many, many different um, colors of the spectrum. And those colors are just swirling around that person um, and, and they will take the vibration or the color uh, that they need at that time. Now, that's just my way of doing it. There are many, many different ways of doing it. But always, when you picture that person, I always say you should picture them in full health. Right. Regardless of what condition they're in at the moment, always picture them in good health because that's what you're sending to them. You're sending them good health. Yeah. If you picture them um, lying in a bed, very sick, um, then you can actually be projecting, be projecting more of that towards them. Um, but I don't want to focus on that too much because um, healing is very much about intent. It's the intent of the individual. And the stronger the, or greater the intent, the greater the healing will be. Will be. Right. So let's talk a little bit about, I, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, when, when I hear you talk, I think of uh, physicality, physical healing. So let's talk a little bit about, number one, healing the heart, and also a little bit about just energetically sending love to to another or to a very young, since this is about children, to, you know, a very young child, even when they're, they're a toddler. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, he, the, for the intention to work with regard to healing, it has to stem from love. Um, so by default, love is automatically um, embedded in all that you do in a healing capacity. Yes. Um, you radiate, <clears throat> excuse me, you radiate that love. Children are very, very receptive um, to healing um, and to all types of, of emotion. They're, they're very sensitive, far, far more sensitive than, um, than we are as adults because we learn to, to shield ourselves and protect ourselves from that. Right. Um, but children are not. Um, the children, uh, they, they, they see the spirit world. They're very much in tune with, um, with their own feelings. Um, and when you, send, when you send a child healing, um, it's, it's, really, it's really no different from an adult, but they, they will probably have a greater feeling or greater awareness of that love as they as they receive it right and again 
that doesn't have to be local, you can do that remotely as well. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yes, I think because the vibrations are so high, because they're still so close to the still so close to the source. As Wayne Dyer says, still have having droplets of heaven clinging to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And until uh, and, and and they're still very much um, connected um, through the auric field to to, to yes. their mother. Yes, um, they they won't break away from that until they uh, until they go through puberty and 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 beyond. But but up until that point, they're they're very much uh, connected to, to 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 their mother. Interesting. Can you expand on that a little bit? And what if what if they're being raised by a caretaker or someone other than? There's an there was an interesting study done um, a good number of years ago, uh, and they were looking at um, genetic conditions that 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 um, come down through the through the generations. And they found something that's very, very strange with children that were adopted. Because over the, over the years, um, those children actually became um, susceptible to conditions um, that were quite prevalent in, in their adopted families' um, genes. Now, whether that's because there, there's a bonding uh, uh, or a realignment to the new motherly figure right. at a younger age or not, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. Uh, and I can only tell you from what I've been told by the spirit world that um, children have that, um, that connection with the auric, through the auric field, that, that energetic bond with the mother up until the age of puberty, once they go beyond that, they break away and form their own. Right. Um, I think it's happening. It's happening at a younger age too. But that's the point where they actually break away right. and, and no longer. And that's why they can rebel and um, be troublesome teenagers for the <laughs> Right. So what you're saying, they um, with the study, they were could develop some of the the genetic uh, genetics of the adoptive parents. Therefore, what I hear you saying is that really the energy or the auric field surrounds and is connected to those per- people who really love them most or who yes. are really taking care of them. Yes, I, 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 I think that's I think that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, uh, it does make sense. I, yeah, absolutely, it does. Absolutely. So. Um, how do you think that, you know, as a healer, um, how do you think we can help the very young trust their, their, their intuition and their, their increase their, their strength, their inner strength, so that they may, they'll be able to carry that on throughout life to navigate life a little bit, a little bit better? I, I think that's, that's a that's a difficult one because it really very much depends on the understanding of the family members around each child. 
um, for lots of people, those those feelings, those uh, the ability to 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 see, the ability to um, remain sensitive is suppressed by uh, mainly by the parents. So the, the children are told not um, to to disregard this, or they're imagining it. So the the child begins to think, "Well, I must be imagining it because I'm being that's what I'm being told," and right. therefore those experiences diminish it's no, it's no longer uh, they're no longer able to see and to feel and to sense in quite a strong way so i think if the parents are open to that and they encourage that to 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 take place um encourage you know if they speak about if, if a child's playing and they're playing with their with their spirit friends encourage them to talk about it encourage them to um you know to 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 share their experiences right. um for that particular time that they've that they've been in the presence of, of their of their spirit friends yeah that's what we've talked a lot with a a lot of people i've interviewed just opening up the conversation and validating and loving and and really being curious and many times i think it brings about memories it helps us remember when we were a child and maybe had some of the same experiences. Absolutely. And, yeah. and most of all, to, to, to be supportive and to encourage that yeah. uh, in, in whatever way we can. Right. Um, so let's segue for a second. We have to wrap it up here soon. But I know, you know, we're getting close to Christmas and I know you just had a seance um, for, the, for Christmas. So can you tell our listeners who some have never, the word seance is probably a bit, you know, scary for them, but I know I've been there. It's absolutely beautiful and amazing and real. And um, tell us a little bit about what, what happened last night and in the past with the Christmas seance and the children's, the spirit and children in spirit. Yeah, absolutely right. It strikes fear into the hearts of many and it should <laughs> Um, it's the most beautiful, most wonderful experience if you're if you're with the right uh, if you're with the right medium, and the Christmas seances are very very special um, <clears throat> because uh, it's a time when the spirit world invites the children, uh, and they're always children that did not experience uh, happy times at Christmas. Now each of the sitters that that, that comes to the Christmas tree seances, we ask to bring a, a, a child's toy with them. We wrap those toys and we put them under the Christmas tree. Last night we had this enormous um, white cardboard um, house that came with some pens and you can you could color the house with uh -huh. the pen. Um, I don't think they had quite enough time to, 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 to do that last night. But they certainly played with it and moved it around, and and typically what happens is, um, in seance you have, the medium has to be a physical medium, and that's very different from a, a, a healer and a, a clairvoyant or clairaudient medium. They have the ability to produce ectoplasm, and the spirit world are able to step into that ectoplasm and cloak their bodies. Um, with ectoplasm and be as real 
as they were when they when they lived in the in the physical world. Uh, the only thing is they have to remember how they were. So they have to remember that they had legs. They have to remember they had arms. And uh, I, I once remember um, experiencing in a, in a seance uh, what the materialized form of the, the the control came around, put his hand in front of me. He said, now watch my hand carefully. He said, because I'm now going to remember the hairs on my hand. And as I watched, the hairs appeared on this hand that was in front of me. Um, so they have to, it's, it's a challenge one, they have to remember. But children don't have fears, so it's much easier for them. Uh, there can be seven or eight at each time um, coming through, and they rip the paper off the presents, they unwrap them, you hear them um, going around the room. We have a young lad who comes regularly uh, who asks us to bring a pair of roller boots. And whenever he comes, you hear him in the roller boots going around the room. This year he asked for skipping ropes, and last night he had his skipping ropes. He, he didn't quite manage the skipping ropes, um, <laughs> but they were there, and I'm sure over time he'll persevere. Wow. So they, they tend to bring them through in, in different age groups. So they'll be sort of the, 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 the younger ones, the, the, the one to five years old, and then the five to ten years old, and then those are the slightly older and they tend to come in groups. It's wonderful to be able to, um, to experience that. Oh, and the scientists in the spirit world, they take etheric copies of the, 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 the gifts that have been given so that they can take them back to the spirit world and play with them. Uh, now, because those gifts have been touched by the spirit, they have a wonderful healing energy um, around them. And we like to make use of that. So we take them to the local um, children's hospice called Demelza House, and it's for terminally ill children. And we hope that the healing associated with each of those gifts helps them in some way um, on their, on, you know, throughout their their challenges and their difficulties. Wow, that that just must be magical. It's very special. I uh, Christmas, Christmas is the it, 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 Christmas seance is the best ones of the year. Yeah, um, I definitely it, want to it, try it, to come. It, definitely want to try to come next next year. Well, Nick, yeah. thank you so much for for being on the show today. Is there anything that you would like to like to say that I didn't that I didn't ask? I don't think so. I think we covered. A fair bit there. I think that was yeah, quite, quite yeah. good. I don't know if there's anything. Great. Well, I'd love for you to come back and talk a little bit more about about Banyan, about physical mediumship. Um, Scott Milligan is the physical medium you work with, and um, you're a team, and he's amazing. And um, well, how, if people want to find you, how will, how could they find you? The best way is via the website. Um, banyanretreat.com or alternatively we are on Facebook uh, we have a Facebook page Banyan Retreat and we also have an events group uh, Banyan Retreat events right wonderful so so the, go ahead either of those ways is a great, great way to contact us Okay. And that will also be in the show notes for, for the listeners and Banyan Retreat does um, 
you you can go there. I mean, this is not just for for the you can go and sit in circle and the seances and and I can't wait to come out and visit visit you again. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So thank you so much for coming today and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Excellent. Thank you for inviting me. If you've enjoyed today's episode and want to continue your journey, please subscribe to my podcast on your favorite platform. It helps us reach more people with these valuable conversations. Also, head over to my new website at marleyhughes.com and sign up for our newsletter for even more exciting adventures. Thank you.